Welcome to First Generation Burden, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Tu and I'm your host. Thanks for coming back for the third episode of season three. Today we talk to Kelly Shammy. She's an artist and jewelry designer based here in New York City. For you listeners that are interested in things like jewelry, pins, and also fashion, this is going to be a really good episode for you. We start by talking about her family's origins in Syria and Lebanon and how they came to New Jersey. Also, we talk about her beginning her career in Nylon Magazine and how she got associated with Pintrell and also how she got to work with Nike. And we also talk about the release of her upcoming cocktail book, Free the Tipple, which she illustrated with writer Jennifer Kroll. And speaking of cocktails, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Des Gin. Des Gin is an American modern gin with a mission to unite design with the spirit industry. Designed both inside and out, it merges the traditional and the unconventional. So as always, thanks to Des Jin for their support. Now we're going to have our conversation with Kelly Shammy. This is a really fun one. Also, interesting fact about two of our guests in season three so far. She is the second one to have a twin sibling. The first one being Ida Woldemichael from season three's episode one. Also, this conversation has a bit of a timestamp on it. As uh, towards the end of it, we talk about LeBron James and the excitement around the NBA Finals. And obviously, this is before all the uh, free agency maneuvers that recently happened. So uh, that also just gives you an indicator of how, how early I record these conversations. So with that said, enjoy your conversation with Kelly Shammy. Are you like an Alan Cumming fan? Am I an Alan Cumming fan? Yeah. Oh, well, the reason I have that was because that was um, I, I did that key art. Oh. For Macbeth. <laughs> I was like, what? That's so random. <laughs> I know. I Believe me. It. A lot of people comment on that. They're like, oh, you have a photo of Alan coming in your office. Um, but the reason I have that was because that was like one of my first, uh, one of my first shit shows that I can remember of like, uh, you know, we need to have something created in, in the next 24 hours. Oh. So like, let's make it. So um, w- the way that went down was... Um, we we got some uh, photography from this uh, photographer named uh, Albert Watson, who's super dope, from a production of that that happened at Lincoln Center. Okay. It was a one-man show, and it was kind of um, leaning into the idea of uh, he was a, a, an inmate in a, in a psych ward. Really? Yeah, and he was doing a one-man show of Macbeth, playing all the parts. So every night, he just goes balls to the wall. Seven three times? Seven three times. <laughs> 72 times for 73 nights. That's crazy. For 90 minutes. And the dude is going wild. Uh, and and um, and we just made that here in like 24 hours. All right. Well, that sounds normal. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always have that as like it's a, as a battle scar. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. It's, uh, it's intense. So there you go. Alan coming. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Shammy. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome. Um, thanks for being so patient with me right now and with us while we're figuring out our whole computer situation so no worries it's technology it's what we deal with every day <laughs> yeah exactly um so welcome to first generation burden thanks for joining us um i gotta say that uh i mean we know each other we don't know each other personally that well yeah. at all so this is actually a, a a great moment to just uh you know pick your brain about some stuff but uh as always i, w- I would love for you to just you know give us an insight into who you are uh, at the very beginning of your story and would love to take it from there uh yeah well i know like it's weird when you have like internet I have kind of like you, like internet design friends. Right, And right, like right. those are kind of just as far as I'll go about like an internet friend. But because I do like love, admire like people's artwork and their design and, and what they, you know, their body oh, likewise. work. Yeah. So 
that's as far as I'll go. <laughs> but it's so <laughs> super great to meet you in person and do this with you. Um, yeah, so I've been living in New York now. It's going to be crazy to say this, but 10 years. And, oh, really? And um, yeah, my family grew up in, in New Jersey. They're obviously Where in New Jersey? East Rutherford. East like Rutherford, from New Jersey. Oh, you are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Rutherford, East Rutherford. Oh, I'm from South Orange. Oh, wow. So yeah, there we go. We already have similar. <laughs> Where'd you go to high school? Um, Rutherford High School. Rutherford High School. I okay. if we played you in sports or anything. But... I, I went to Seton Hall Prep. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we were in a different division. <laughs> Yeah, so um, right by Giant Stadium, if that puts it in perspective for people. I feel like New Jersey is such a big place, but there's so many little towns. So yeah, my family, uh, if I should start going about my family. Oh yeah, no, no, please. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like to start wherever yeah. you're comfortable starting. Yeah, so I guess that's the beginning of the story. But like my family moved there from the Middle East and um, I'm, my family is from Syria and Lebanon and it's kind of weird that they just Were you born here? New Jersey. Actually, yeah, I'm first generation here in um, America. So it, it was kind of like, it was kind of weird because like I, I would look at pictures of them back in their home country and to ne- in New Jersey. And I'm like, whoa, this is like a crazy like juxtaposition. But who's from Syria? Who's from Lebanon? Um, but well, we're all f- technically from Syria, but we have like family spread out. Both my mom and dad grew up very close to each other. So they're, well, they're both like the same. And um, we have ho- we used to have houses in both in both countries. So um, yeah, so in growing up in New Jersey was kind of crazy because you get like the suburb suburban life, but then you see like the city and the skyline. So you kind of like always just want to be in the city, right? And Especially was, by East Rutherford because yeah. you're right by New York. <laughs> so that was like kind of like always my story where I just wanted to get out when I was 18. Like, did you go to Willowbrook Mall by chance? Oh uh, yeah, I've been to that. <laughs> Why did you like work there? I did work at Willowbrook Mall, actually. I didn't get into retail until I came to New York, but I did work at a Levi's when I came to New York. Which Levi's? It actually doesn't exist anymore. It's on 59th Street. Uh, You might want to pick up the microphone, just like hold it a little bit closer so I can get some more modulation. So, um, yeah, I like once I was 18, I was like, all right, I'm getting an apartment, taking my dog. Oh, wait, hold on. Before, yeah. before we get <laughs> into that part, um, I just I just love to know, yeah. um, in New Jersey, because um, I didn't know that you were from New Jersey. Yeah. Um, uh, w- at what point was, you know, did overt creativity and it's like, you know, the, the idea of, of design, especially the, your style, I feel, I feel like we're very much akin right now. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, Jersey vibes are very specific. Like, very what, specific. What, yeah, like, well, tell me a little bit about, like, the, the things that were influencing you at that time, at, at that age. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was kind of like, I was always really, really into art. I was into, like, indie rock, punk music. There was a whole New Jersey you know, rock scene. And, um, my brother was like, I have a twin brother. My brother was always in a band. So I was kind of the girl that everyone was like, can you make us album art? Can you make us like a poster? Can you make us like a t-shirt? And, um, I really, I didn't mind that. And I, I like kind of just would teach myself along the way, but I was also like, you know, I I love to like go paint outside. I love to draw. I always was drawing. I would, you know, I would do like collage work all the time in my room and I feel like that, like, just being, like, kind of, like, isolated in New Jersey kind of, like, made me do more art rather than, you know, go outside. And I kind of forgot about sports for a while and would just, like, do art. So, right, right. So, um, yeah, I feel like I was always drawing, which which was really cool. And um, my parents, like, always encouraged it. 
So once, once like I started working in Adobe and stuff and my high school, it was so small. So I kind of was like one of the only people in the art program. And, um, I kind of taught myself a lot through that. Just, you know, just having one teacher focus on you. is kind of weird. Cause I, now yeah. I meet people in New York and they're like, Oh, I went to school with like a thousand people. And you know, there were so many kids in my class and I didn't really have that. I feel like I was just like, all right. I'm, I'm the art person in this school. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I grew up, I loved pop art. Um, I, you know, I admired a lot of like graphic designers. I love that Barbara Kruger, she's from uh, Newark, represent. And, oh, I uh, didn't know she was from Newark. Yeah, I think she is. Oh, that's we'll interesting. Just fact check that, but I'm pretty sure she is. And um, so I would, you know, there would always be like, even in Montclair, like little galleries and things that. Oh yeah, Montclair is definitely that space. So there, you know, there's just like a lot of, actually there's a lot of cool people that come from New Jersey. Yep. And I like run down a list every time someone wants to give me some shit. So. Who's on the list right now? Uh, Frank Sinatra. Yep. Um, now I'm blanking out. Red Man. Yeah, yeah. Queen Latifah. Whitney Houston. Uh, yep. So a lot of great people. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a lot of great artists that come from New Jersey too. But um, did, did your brother go to the same high school as well? He did, but he was kind of like anti-school, and I was uh, I was just like really into school. Like I. Oh, that's so funny. And um, it was kind of weird because I was always doing sports and then I kind of just shifted to art. What sports did you play? I played basketball. I played soccer. I played softball. I feel like once you live in New Jersey, you have to play sports. Oh, wow. You were so sporty. <laughs> I was very sporty, but that's why I still love sports. Right. But, um, and you're a LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron fan. I was a Knicks fan, but it's really hard to be a Knicks fan. Right. I was a New Jersey Nets fan, sure. but not uh, like the Jason Kidd era. Right? Oh, I was, <laughs> but not Jason Kidd era. No, the, the Jason Kidd era. So right. I was a Rutgers during the Jason Kidd era. Really? Yeah, and I remember, I remember that I had the opportunity to go to the finals for uh, for two games, but I didn't take the opportunity just because I didn't. I wasn't so into the person that invited me. Oh my god! But then, in retrospect, I'm like, damn, I should have gone. It was a good time. It, it was, was a great time, and that's why I kind of was upset. Byron when they, Scott was living in Livingston. Yep, and I was I was kind of upset when they moved to Brooklyn because I was like, that was kind of the only basketball team I really liked at the time. Right, but Fizdale on the Knicks, though. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm not a huge Knicks fan. I was actually a Spurs fan for a while. Don't ask me why. You're a Spurs I love, fan? I love Pop and I love Tim Duncan. I'm sure everyone did. But right. um, yeah, so now I'm just kind of, I'm floating. I'm doing what everyone does, sure. just liking players. Sure, so, sure. So, me too. Me too. I'm much more of a players guy. So it's, it's kind of like weird now with NBA. It's just kind of like, oh, everyone's their own entity and their own player. I feel right. like you see a lot of just one person all the time and then- you know, back in the day when it was like the Bulls and that, it was like teams. Right, right, right. right. You're like actual loyalty to a city. <laughs> yeah, I think you're from the Michael Jordan era too. Yes, I am. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm but firmly entrenched in the Michael Jordan My brother Jordan was era. obsessed with Michael Jordan, so I was, you know, obsessed with Michael Jordan too. I guess I guess also having a twin brother made me love sports. So right. regardless of him being in into music and rock, he was always like a sports person. Gotcha. And we would go see like the Michael Jordan IMAX movie. Oh, really? So, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember when IMAX was like a thing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, like when you actually lie down and like look yeah. at like a dome. So <laughs> there was like IMAX Space at Jam. At Liberty Science like, Center IMAX. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So Space Jam, like all that kind of stuff was when we were growing up. But yeah, anyway, that was totally sidetracked. No, that makes sense. I love it. Um, I saw you were saying about um, uh, wanting to get out. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I was always um, coming to work with my dad. 
And um, what'd your dad do? My dad actually came to America and worked a few odd jobs, but ultimately he he opened up a store on the 47th Street of the Diamond District in New York. So he has a retail wholesale jewelry store. Oh wow! And he's been there for like thirty over thirty five years, maybe more at this point. I can't even count anymore. But um, you know, he's kind of like retired at this point because uh, it's been so long. But he kind of, I would go every weekend with him at least and just like sit there and untangle necklaces. And actually I was really young selling stuff to people, learning about like stones and birthstones and like charms. I would put together like fake bracelets and stuff. So. That's amazing. And, um, you know, I guess his customers thought it was cute. So it, it was just fun to like go to the city with him. And like, even though he would like grab me by my hand and we would like run to, you know, go to work. It was just like a good experience to to go to work with him like every weekend, especially during the holidays. It was so busy. Was that fun for you? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I did your brother like that too? Because um, he did. Yeah, he. It actually like it came full circle like a few years later. But it was it's just like a, admiring to see like how long even my dad just commuted on a bus to get to the city, and it kind of like taught me a crazy work work ethic where I always have to like feel like I need to be working. So. Besides besides jewelry, I, I was always into art, but jewelry has always been like a part of my my family sure. if, in a sense because of my dad. And also in my my culture, like rather than like gifts and like toys or whatever, we would always get like a piece of gold or like a, a necklace or right, something. Right. So that my family was always into that. And um, especially when you didn't see like I didn't maybe I didn't see my aunt because she was living in in Syria um, she would like send a necklace or something. So it was like kind of like all about sentimental stuff. So I was like really attached to like all, you know, all my accessories and my jewelry, which is crazy. <laughs> I still have like really old stuff from even when I was like a baby, but, um, I kind of just like, it made me appreciate that, kind of, that, that world. Sure. So I always like held on to it, even though, um, I went to college for art. I went to be a graphic design major at SVA. You know, yep. it, it's uh, not to sidetrack again, but mm-hmm. it's so interesting that you talk about jewelry as far as being uh, sentimental. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I know the, the concept of heirloom is like, you know, fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just, it, uh, thinking about my parents and my dad, he was one of those guys who was like, like a, a real swaggy Asian dude in the 70s. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? <laughs> wearing like Christian Christian Dior uh, track suits and just like wearing like gold medallions and stuff. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was like really cool. Um, but I didn't realize until like adulthood like that I thought it was really, really cool. But yeah. then because it really ties into the sentimentality of like what I thought he represented at the time. Yeah, so my mom would just show always show me pictures of her like when she was working um, when she was in college, like in the Middle East and stuff, and she would be wearing like all these chains or like little pieces. And then she like give them to me, and I'm like, whoa, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so like, I hope like when I have kids or something, I would hold on to like all my favorite stuff for them, so they can have it and like feel like that as well. But yeah, totally. I don't know. It's just cool that like you know with clothes, I love fashion. Obviously, it's you know it's so easy to just get caught up in in looking cool and feeling great and. You yeah. know, different different designers and different materials. But I feel like jewelry always stands the test of time because it's like a metal. It's not going anywhere. It's like, you know, it could be taken care of, unless you lose it, which that has happened right. to me. Right, right, right. But um, I feel like, you know, it, it never, it can, it can go so many years, like, right. without, you know, 
take it could just like it, it'll be there forever so right because right, right. like even even to that point like the idea of losing something like mm-hmm. we're having uh, an object that holistically contains the energy that was put into it yeah. you know even losing that it, it's i mean it's not a great feeling for sure but yeah. the idea that the energy is contained within an object so to lose it is, you know, it, it adds to like, you know, the the, uh, the coveting, like a, the like specialness of yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, oh it's, yeah, I've lost some things, but me too. It, it's yeah. such a bad feeling. And then when I, I, it's so dumb. But then I'll find it, and I'll be like, well, I've literally lost something for like a ring for over two years, and then found it again, and it was the best feel. Like nothing felt as good as that. Right, right, like, right. There's some really interesting rings on right now. Like what, yeah. what, what are these pieces? We can describe them to the listeners right now. You have one that says KS. That's those are your yeah, initials. So I started actually, like I started customizing my own rings, like, you know, in New York. Right. And then so many people like asked about it. They're yes. like, Oh, um, how did you get your, your initials that big on your ring? Like, um, where can I get that? And I was like, all right, you know what? I just got to start making jewelry again. So, right, 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 so right. this one, the, the initial one is actually something I make in, in my, on my website. And then the other ones are kind of just like from my dad's store. Oh, this wow. one is actually really old. I used to do jewelry in college. Are they well. all silver? They're all silver. I'm right. lately into silver. Got like it. Silver, white gold, diamonds. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really into that like clean silver look lately. Sure. Sure. I've worn gold for like, uh, like four or five years in a row now. So right. I just feel like this is a big change. But. Do, you ever, uh, do you like to mix metals too? Right now you're just like into um, a pure type of vibe. I do. Like say, say I have like a watch that's two tone, all mixed metals, but usually just one, one metal at a time. Sure, sure, sure. But, sure. Yeah. but I, I don't, I don't, I don't rule anything out. I do feel like uh, jewelry is really personal. So I feel like any, you know, as much as we share things on Instagram or, you know, people want it take a picture of their watch and their rings or whatever. I feel right. like it's still always super personal to me Yeah, where, you know, I don't think there's any rules. If anyone wants to wear whatever they want, they can. No, I agree. So no. I know layering is really like a thing right now. Yes. And um, for me, I was just really always lazy to take off my necklaces. So I actually shower with them, go to sleep with them and my earrings too. Right. Which I don't recommend if you're not used to that. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's just like, you know, whatever people are like, oh, is that trending right now? This layering. And I'm like, just do what you want. You yeah. know, if you want to wear just one thing, then wear one thing. No, I you want to wear like 10 chains, go for it. I, I think to the individual, like the individual to your to what you're saying can just basically do whatever he or she wants you know but then whatever the lens of trend tends to shine on i know is the thing but who cares otherwise it's like do you you know exactly do you (laughs) um so you're saying um uh, sva graphic design yeah so i yeah i actually love graphic design i'm you know why sva out of curiosity I mean, I, I, I went there, but, you know. Yeah, right. Um, well, I was going to, you know, I just wanted something that was so straightforward to the point. Like, I, I was never really into the whole college life because I just wanted to be in the city and I wanted a job. Like, that was it. Right. So, I didn't really, when I visited SVA, I, I didn't feel like you know, oh, I would be too distracted by this college campus life because there is no campus, technically. And um, I really love the teachers. And I feel like, that you know, you get to work with some people that you read about or that you've seen their work before. Right. So, like, even just being in portfolio year with, like, Paula Cher, it was just like, all right, I've literally watched documentaries with her in it. I've seen, you know, I've seen her work 
on the streets of New York. So it was just like, it was just like a no brainer for me. It's kind of like, all right, I'll get there. I'll do a great body of work and I'll graduate and I'll be competitive because I love to be competitive and I'll leave. <laughs> so I, you know, I really love that school. I feel like if you really know what you want to do, it's such an amazing school to be in because they, they push you and they, you know, that you could pick what teachers you want or, you know, you can kind of just set up your own, set up your own school year. Right. And how you want to like, what kind of work you want to make out of it. Right. So, right. I don't know if your experience was different, but. Uh, my experience, well, I, I went after undergrad. I went to undergrad at Rutgers. Oh, okay. In New Brunswick. But I was like really <laughs> wandering around. I didn't, I didn't have a specific goal. I, I majored in communication and I minored in psychology. Yeah. You know what I mean? The most wishy-washiest of combos. I know, but yeah. <laughs> you never know. College isn't always like the thing that defines you. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. totally. For me, it was a discovery place and it was about, you know, uh, figuring out the path. And then, um, and then when I graduated, I ended up going to SVA for like three years, almost, uh, to their, uh, continuing education classes. Mm-hmm. So to night school and I work at Willowbrook mall yeah. during the day. And <laughs> wow. What are, what a lot of commuting for you? <laughs> a ton of commuting and also a lot of days and nights just because, you know, I felt I was behind and then, and then I, I got, a, uh, admitted to the, uh, the illustration as visual essay graduate program of martial cool. arts, man. Yeah, it was cool. And then it, it was like a transformative experience because, you know, uh, as an illustrator, you know, you, you get to learn a craft. Also, you're dedicated to it. And also mm-hmm. from an editorial perspective, uh, you learn a, a process of, of uh, problem solving and yeah. mental thinking, you know, which I'd love to get into. And, uh, and uh, you know, also uh, illustration is it's fun. I always want to make pictures, you know. Yeah, you see, I don't, I went for graphic design. It was all about type. It was all about how type lives and, um, you know, shapes. You're looking at colors. You're looking at branding. So I do love that clean form of design. I appreciate it. Like, obviously, like you go to a restaurant and it's branded now. Like you go somewhere and there's branding. Like branding is everywhere. But I did, after college, fall a lot into illustration on my own and not going to school for it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was kind of just like something I used to always like, do when I was younger, make characters or do this and that. But can I ask, yeah. um, from a, from a cultural perspective, mm-hmm. how much did you think at the time? And I'd love to know now, like how much did your culture influence, um, the work that you're doing? Um, whether that's, you know, um, back home, home or, or back, uh, back in New Jersey, you know, yeah. from a pop culture perspective. Well, cause I'm leaning way more yeah. into my New Jersey-ness as of late. You are. Yes. Um, you, no, <laughs> that felt very judgmental. No, no, I no, I love New Jersey. And I think that, you know, just be, it was just so weird. It's just like a weird, beautiful place. So right. I always felt like there was like, you know, like we live next to the Meadowlands, but then there's beautiful trees. Like, it's just weird. And I, I like loved, I used to, you know, just sit, like sit outside and watercolor what I saw. So I was actually, it has to do with like, the Middle East and New Jersey, I guess. Like, there's just like, there's just so much about each place, and um, I feel like w- with with live, growing up where I grew up, I feel like you know, just always being like determined to come to the city, but then right. appreciating what was around me. I, you know, I was always just driven, but it middle like especially my grandma she used to actually have so many like she used to collect like silk rugs so I used to just stare at them literally I, like they're in all over my house like all over my grandma's house and I used to like love the patterns I used to love like you know just like those really or like fancy 
Silk Road. I don't know. I wouldn't say they're, I would say they're, um, you know, Middle Eastern, Asian inspired. And um, it was just, I don't know. I just like always was looking at patterns. It was, yeah. you know, even in our culture, even everything from like the teacups to like the plates to everything is always decorative. Right, right, so right. So you whether, do have yeah. a really badass. Uh, oh, I'm wearing like <laughs> yeah, 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 leopard print coat yeah. or or not even print. That is uh, like embroidered kind of or jacquard. Yeah, yeah it's a jacquard so, weave. Yeah. So I yeah I like mix patterns a lot. I'm wearing plaid pants and a leopard coat. <laughs> right, and, and anyone's those, asking. Uh, Ricardo Tishy uh, uh, Air Force Ones. Yeah, there are like four different colors. Yeah, no, but those are tight. But yeah, my boyfriend says I dress like a Harajuku girl. <laughs> so I don't know if that... Like, That's not a bad reference. <laughs> but That's a great reference. My pants are from Hong Kong. I li- I love like getting clothes from other places. Oh, your pants are from Hong Kong. My pants are from Hong Kong. Oh, okay, they said your parents. I was like, wait, No, not my on. parents. I was like, wait, that's a pivot. Oh, wait, okay. <laughs> no, I'm... A, yeah, so they're just like... They're just wide. Oh, yeah. So he's just like, you look like a Harajuku girl today. <laughs> I guess just like Comme des Garçons, this thing. I don't know. I just always like dress really i love to mix patterns and i yeah. feel like leopard is a neutral that's kind of my jersey thing leopard it, is a neutral that's like my real jersey thing if you really that's that's I, gonna be my new uh i'm gonna have to start saying that i don't know i just love leopard and i don't know if because new jersey has like every car you see is like leopard covers on the seats or anything yeah. i don't i know that was like kind of like a a Guido thing for a while, but <laughs> sure. I don't use it that way. Sure, I like sure. leopard as like a, a base. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I'm not lying. You think I'm kidding, but I like, I have like, le- you know, I don't have like leopard bedding or anything. So sure. it's just mostly in fashion. It's like starting with Sriracha yeah. and then just like piling everything on top of the Sriracha. But, but I, that's dope. I just, I just like, yeah, this is, a, this is an everyday thing kind of. So leopard is the base. I'll have like leopard pants and then like, the the worst thing I've gotten to is leopard Uggs, and that's like where I drew mm. the line of how much leopard I'm gonna have. But I, <laughs> oh wait, so you do or do not own leopard Uggs? I do. Oh wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm into that. I actually just started. But lo- with the fur lining. Yes. Wow. They're they're actually really nice, and I wear them with like I wear them with like Nike. Like I wear them. I just wear them with my like regular clothes. So it kind of doesn't. You like kind of have to look twice. But right, right, right. My mom actually, she was so always into dressing up. So I think that was part of our culture too, where you you can't look like a mess. Like you always have to like you know look nice or whatever. She probably thinks I'm a mess now, but like she even when she would pick us up from school, like like in America, like obviously we grew up in New Jersey, and she would come to like our regular public school. She was never like in sweats. She'd be like you know like like she was going to church. So so my mom like always was about like presenting herself. So we. You know, me and my brother both have that. We're always like into like fashion and this and that. But um, yeah, so I always like, I kind of took what she taught me and I just overdid it. <laughs> but, but I like makes a lot of patterns. So what was your life like after SVA? So I worked in print. Um, I worked at a magazine for over four years. And I What worked, magazine can uh, you say? It was Nylon. Oh, Oh wait, the I knew good that. Years. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was it was kind of just like <laughs> you said the good years. The good years. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna be honest. But be um, honest. I love honest. But like I loved nylon growing up. I loved when like Bjork was on the cover. Gwen Stefani was always like one of my favorites. I love when like Nigo was on the cover with all his chains, like right. of nylon guys. Like there was just so much cool things about that magazine. Did you, do, did you do nylon guys too? Yes. So that's where that's where like I started writing and illustrating a lot. Was in nylon guys. 
And um, I remember seeing a, a lot of your work in the interior spreads. Yeah. So I was just like, they're like, oh, we need an illustration, but we don't have a budget because, you know, magazines never have a budget. Right. So I was just like, all right, let me just see what I could draw. <laughs> and that's when it kind of started. And you started out in-house. Yeah. So um, I was, I interned like a summer and and then. Right out of SVA? I was in SVA. I was always had an internship in SVA. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I was, I was, that's why I don't have friends from college that much, but I have a few. Oh, Cause you were working the whole time. Yeah. I was like, I was at Teen Vogue. Then I was at Nylon. I really wanted to do magazines. I don't know why, but I think no, it, was it was the same way. Same I think, way. um, every, that was like a lot of everyone's dream for a while, like magazines, whether it was like interview just folded, like, I know, which crazy. is such a bummer. Like, it's all gone now. And I, I feel like after interview, I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is bad. This is really like, that's it. Right. But, um, yeah. So even just like older, you know, I still have like older issues of complex and like, right. And, like, complex, punk, co- no, excuse me. Complex folded like two years I ago. Know, now. Yeah. But I, I mean, if, I, bought, I remember buying the first issue. I, yeah, exactly. Like there was just, it was just cool. Cause it was like a moment in time. And even I have like one of the first, like, you know, the first few issues of Nylon Guys is like all sneaker pages. Like everything then was, was like what it is now, actually. Right. Like style always comes back around. So even when I open up those old issues, I'm like, wow, this is like, this was like ahead of its time. Or, it's true. You know, so it's true. I keep everything. I keep all my print. Don't come to my house. I have so many magazines. Like <laughs> magazines and books. I'm going to fall through the, the apartment building one day or it's going to cave in. <laughs> you know, you know, to that point, it, it's, it's funny because I feel like, uh, speaking to the scrappiness of magazines, yeah. like I, I was, uh, uh, I worked for slam magazine for almost, oh, oh wow. man, must've been like six years, six, seven years. I was freelance. So I was never really in office, but I was working with, um, uh, I was, I was working with amazing creator director there. who was also creator director of double XL, um, uh, Melissa. And, uh, she, you know, she kind of let me go to town on stuff and, you know, because, you know, you were just allowed to be scrappy Yeah, and, and you could kind of do whatever you needed to I do. I did go to corporate. Like, I feel like once working in Condé Nast, it was like a little bit like, you got to do this the right way. Right. But like me, I was just sort of always like, let me cut paper and let me draw and let me like just throw pages together last minute. Like I, that's why I loved nylon. Cause it was kind of just like a party magazine. Like, right party design party you know lifestyle sure sure sure. so um yeah i learned so much there i learned you know how to how to really set up pages and bleed and all right. that kind of stuff did there. you turn into an indesign monster yes i am an indesign monster to this day i just don't tell people <laughs> but um yeah because i'll be like can you make my this and i'm like no <laughs> yeah, like no don't i'm not doing that <laughs> but um yeah no i i loved it i loved working on covers so i started right. doing like typography on the covers so ours was really streamlined, but there was always those fun covers. And I was just excited to see like my like handwriting on the cover. Totally. Cause I like for that a while, I literally, I literally wrote hand wrote that whole magazine for like two years, two, three years. Holy and, shit. um, it was, it was just, it was fun. I, it, you know, just to like scan stuff in. And then even when I didn't have like a Wacom tablet or something, I, right. would, I would do it all by hand. But yeah, so that's just something I'll always miss. And I won't throw out those magazines. Even, you know, I even did um, something for Mass Appeal. I did like a, a, f- a few illustrations and that was cool. I love Mass Appeal. I know. Is that still there? <laughs> uh, I know the Mass Appeal group is still around. Yeah, I know of course. They, I know they just did uh, that Rapture series on Netflix. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know about the magazine, though. Yeah, so that's why I just keep all that stuff, just in case, to show my kids that it existed one time. I don't have kids, but when I do. Right. But, like, hey, mom did stuff back like, in the day. Yeah, like, this is, wasn't a fake thing. But <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like magazines are just always something people pick up in the airport or whatever. Right. But right. I literally s- spent so much money on them, and I would just keep them. And I have some in, like, plastic, and it's just... It's, it's crazy. Oh, wow. But I need like a little library in my next uh, living situation. Do you ever get your stuff framed? Are, are um, you precious like that? Like here, here's my first cover. Here's my first interior. Oh, here's no. my first this or that. I, I kind of just keep them all in a safe place and hope my dog doesn't get to them. But um, right right now it's just like I'm I'm having fun. I'm, I'm when people want my style or want me to work on something, I'm just having fun with it. I just did my first book. Oh, so can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, I do want to go back to yeah. Condé Nast and follow the thread again. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about the book. Okay, yeah. So, um, Random House, the Prestel branch, contacted me to to illustrate a whole book with them. And oh wow! And um, they literally, I think, just just want, it was kind of like we. I worked on it with uh, an author, and she wrote the whole book because I don't know anything about making cocktails but it's it's a cocktail book and it's a women through history and each woman gets a cocktail and um it's really fun every page is like someone i really love so i i drew them all they're all illustrated that's amazing and it comes out in september but it's on amazon right now i'm just so happy to have something on amazon it's, oh that's so cool <laughs> so it's it's um it's gonna be really fun to see it like in the strand or like in stores i go to right. like at books but i just always wanted to get into books so it's kind of just like my first step and um i love random house and Pristel, so they make really cool books how long did the process take you well i guess because it was our first time working with this my first time working with this kind of company and this team so it took over a year but um i kind of just like after a while just started churning out illustrations like every night i would go home and i would talk to nobody and I would just binge watch television and just oh draw. God. So workaholic. It, it was it was crazy, but it was it was really fun to see it in the mail, like when it came in the first time. And um, I was like, damn, I really have what to do more books. What do they call that? Gallows or whatever it is, <laughs> like that 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 first like you know oh, like test like, printing. Yeah, it's I think it's an official print of it, but gotcha. they just like they just uh, sent me like an advanced copy. But um, yeah, so it was really cool, and I was like, I always wanted to do uh, kids books, so. This was kind of just like, let me just get one book on to print and then I'll endeavor in more. So, wow. <laughs> but it was, it was cool. And I, um, I love all the women in the book. They're all like historical women, but from, and this is their favorite cocktails. Uh, no, it's like inspired by them. Oh, so, got it. Yes. Can you give us an example of one? Yeah. So say like Lucille Ball, like what her cocktail would be, it would be like, um, you know, like, like a, a highball. Yeah, like a like a welcoming. I think hers is a strawberry cocktail because of her hair, but it it just has like certain inspirations from from people. Like um, Yeo Kusama was um, we had like a little Jello shot with like confetti <laughs> sprinkles. It I didn't. I mean, um, Jen Kroll who who wrote all the recipes, which did such a great job because. I like didn't know this much about cocktails until right, now because right, right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do drink, but not like crazy, um, awesome cocktails like that, <laughs> but I, I'm going to have to make them all right. after the book, but right, right. It, it's cool. Cause I, you know, I love, 
I I just loved the the cover has Frida Kahlo on it, so oh, it's like her awesome. and her. Yes, it's just you'll see it. No, it's just crazy. Are it's, you going to have a cocktail party to launch the book? Um, I don't know book. yet, but I do. People are keep asking me to like just. They're like, I bought ten copies. I'm gonna give them to everyone for Christmas. And when are you having a party? Whatnot. So. I don't know yet about a cocktail party, but I'm really down for one if anyone wants to have a cocktail party. <laughs> In general. Yeah. But I'm sure something will happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd love to cover Condé Nast. Yeah. Just for a little bit. Oh, gosh. How'd you get over there? Oh, that sounds like a harrowing experience. Um, actually, it really did teach me a lot. It made me cry. It made me like, you know, feel like I had to do something that I didn't have, you know, like it was just it was just like a it made me really appreciate like an open office with like people just, you know, vibing with each other. Right. Rather than everyone at a cubicle. This is old Condé Nast, by the way. New Condé Nast, I'm sure, is probably really fun or really different. Who knows? But um, this was Times Square Condé Nast. And, um, you know, it was, I was young. So I, I was like going to school, going to my internship, right. um, eating in the Condé Nast cafeteria, <laughs> um, pasting was- pages to the, uh, there is actual books that you have to glue pages into for final approval. Oh, That's geez. real. Um, was this pre Condé Nast elevator? No, there was elevators. No, me- remember oh. the, um, the, that Twitter account where things overheard? Oh, I don't know the- about that. Yeah, there was um, uh, Condé Nast. There was like some individual that would, you know, that would ride up and down the elevators, oh, whether no. they had to official business or not. And then they would just post on Twitter things they overheard in the elevator. Oh, no, no, And then no. there was like, there was a Hearst <laughs> version of that oh, no. for a while. Uh, so I don't know what I try not to get time. into the drama, but sure. um, yeah. So no, I actually have, is that still exists? Cause I actually have to read. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure. I'm sure it's highly Googleable. Yeah. So um, no, I, it wasn't, it was just, you know, it was just a very stricter, stri- much stricter environment than what I was used to. So, um, which taught me a lot. It taught me to like, you know, d- deadlines and this and that, because right. I know as, as creatives, we tend to just like fuck everything. Totally. Do do you? <laughs> uh, what do you think it is about like uh, from nylon, which I'm presuming is like a much younger and maybe not necessarily startup atmosphere yeah. per se, but uh, an atmosphere of you know people with high energy, where you know theoretically, you know there there are several pathways towards success. Yeah. Right into a place like Condé Nast, which has been around for literally over a hundred years. You know, like, well, what what's that culture shift? I felt that culture shift too. I'm just curious about what your take on that is. Yeah, I just feel like I don't know if it's it's about the actual companies. I think it's about you as a person because because sure. some people are just like used to sitting at a desk, you know, getting sorting through emails. Just you know, they're used to just like desk cubicle life. But me, I just love to interact. I like to talk to people. If I'm not happy, I'm probably not going to make good work. Sure. So, um, I I thought that the shift was like really different for me. So I I love like just an office where you know we can talk and meet and and vibe together, but right. also like no nobody's ideas are kind of shut out. Sure, so sure, like, sure. That's like the environment I like like to be in now. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's good to have different kinds of jobs, whether it's like a waitress or retail or whatever. You just learn so much about people and you learn so much about yourself. Right. So I feel like Condé Nast was me learning about myself. Like, do I want to be in this kind of office or do I want to be in like an open office right. or do I want to be in an office at all? So Right, right, right. Yeah. 
Um, do you feel like you have control over your own destiny right now? I do. Who doesn't? Um, I don't know. I I mean, a lot of people. I think a lot of people often feel like they're not in control. Right. I just. I always feel as if if you feel like you have nowhere else to grow in a certain situation, then I feel like you just got to take a risk. Sure. So for me, I don't feel like I'm ever trapped. I I don't feel like I'm, you know, always just stuck somewhere. I feel like you only have the power to change your own life. Right. And if you're complaining about your job every day or the same thing, or, you know, something in your personal life, like you can only change it. So I'll never feel trapped. I mean, I'm, at this point, I never even think I would be living in the city for 10 years. Sure, but, sure. But um, I I feel like a lot. the city has shaped me in so many ways. I've I've been to so many places. I've met so many people. And um, I've traveled so much. I feel like everyone should, uh, you know, just never just settle. Don't settle. Right, right, so. right. Um, do, do you feel, uh, the reason I ask is because I feel like a lot of designers and I think a lot of creatives in general, we, we tend to be control freaks, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think that, uh, for a lot of us, um, uh, the control freak nature, um, leads to frustration, um, sooner than, than most, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I, I think that a lot of designers specifically when they're young and I think a lot of the designers and, and creatives and also just human beings listening to this will probably skew on the younger side and like they like you know it's i think it's good for them to hear that um that they do have control they, and they can change their destiny like at their own will I'm, really it's not bad being a control freak but right. I, I don't think it's bad bad thing either i i think that like i'm kind of one that people don't expect cuz everyone like knows me personally and they're like oh yeah like sh-, like i'm always down to like go wherever or travel wherever or do anything but I'm still always the one planning the itinerary. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I, I just, I, even, even in my, even in my jewelry work, like we work, um, we, we work together like such a good team and, and everyone has a say, but like, you know, like there's always, I'm always going to just like try to organize everything or try right. to, you know, but I love to be, I love to, I love to like allow people the chance to like, I love to talk to people and, and, and um, interact with people and discuss things with people. I just like, I'll never like be that kind of control freak where I won't let anyone talk or any like that. So I'm just like control freak with myself. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I I think that it's good. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think you just kind of like know what you want or you know what you want to do. But (laughs) Uh, when did you start dipping into pins? Uh, pins oh. and actually um, going into the uh, back into the jewelry world because I think the reason that we even first interacted on Instagram was, Instagram was because you had that screw you pin. Oh yeah, that you did for Pinterest. Well, this is like a bracelet. It's like a screw you bracelet. That's amazing. So back back when I was like a poor college oh, wait, student, wait, let me tell you, like that screw you pin kind of yeah. it it changed my life a little bit because in Portland I felt that I I had left my New York identity um, yeah. and that I needed to restart which I literally did have to do and then you know here you know I have a, a network and you know I, I I have a lot of friends here so then going out there I just wore that pink because it for the listener that the screw and the you look like too so i so for, oh yeah yes, oh wow yeah so for me that's why people always ask me if it says two so that you're yeah, lucky yes and then when i have extra if you need oh really oh i would love that um because it, um when you first posted that and when it was first posted a lot of people tagged me in it or at least sent it to me and told me like hey rich you need to own this pin okay and then uh in portland it became the pin that i wore on my jacket i'd switch it to like almost 
almost every piece of oh, no. outerwear I that need I to had. Give you another, and you need one on every jacket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need like <laughs> ten of them now. But no, but like that was the you know my my gateway drug into yeah. into uh, most of your work. Oh wow. You know? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, I. I'm, I promise I'm a nice person, but um, <laughs> I'm holding microphone telling you I'm nice. But um, yeah, so I just feel like I love a New Yorker's attitude, no matter where you are, who you are, whether you're in like Rome or anywhere or <laughs> Spain or whatever. I'm always like, it sucks because I don't want to be this way, but this is just who I am. Always in a rush, always walking fast, always, you know, always trying to like, it, it, you can't take New York out of you once you've been here for this long. So right. I do kind of have this like, screw you, F you mentality in my earring right now. I think that's- Oh, that's a great this, earring. Yeah, so I I, I don't, not like- For like, the listeners, yeah. sorry. The, uh, it's a vertical F and U and then it's a bar and then the, the F yeah. is- on top and it that goes through the hole and then you sits underneath the the lobe right if, if that makes any sense but yeah, it's exactly. on my website <laughs> but um i just love that like new yorkers are known for being a little bit aggravated like angry so um screw you is just always a thing that i was like all right well screw you because i'm gonna do this anyway so i, I don't well, i don't want to say that to anyone or i'm or say that to anyone personally, but I, I just feel like I love that New Yorkers are aggressive. Right. And, it's an attitude. And um, when I was younger, I could not afford a Cartier nail bracelet. So I made this bracelet and it was a screw you. And that's kind of where it started. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So it was like, um, I actually still have this. This was from, this is from a few years ago. Is the U engraved on the inside? So the U is right here and that's the screw head. Right. But um, yeah, so I guess I was just about like, I was just angry, like an angry college student trying to make it in New York. And <laughs> now I'm much more calm New Yorker, but... Right. Zapong um, has I'm, a stopping angry. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, Zapong is still spicy. Yeah, so... But it, how could you not be? Like, you either walk down the street and get catcalled, or, you know, you're trying to go somewhere and there's loads of traffic. Like, it's just, right. you know, it's aggravating, but I don't love New York less. I just, like... You know, when I well, even when I touch down in JFK, I'm like, all right, I miss being home. <laughs> I miss like the angry people at the airport. I right. miss like, you know, I just like I love that about the city. But um, you know, it just keeps me driven. It keeps right. me like telling competition, just screw you. But I also, you know, appreciate the competition. So <laughs> it's like a love hate thing. Sure. So I'm glad you love that pin. No, I love that pin. And, That's um, one of my favorite possessions, to be honest. Oh my god, I need to give you more. But um Pinterell contacted me and Jordan and, and Donnie are so sweet. They're they're just uh you know, they work really hard. They kind of pave the way for pins. Right. And um, I was drawing like a bunch of pins for them at the time. I was like, and your hey. illustration work really lent itself towards that. Yeah, too. It's, it's like a lot of line work. So um, I was drawing like little tacos and little things. And um, it was really cool because they literally, I don't know how they do it, but their pins are everywhere. Right. And um, so I did two pins with them. And I was, I was like, I, I know these are one said angry New Yorker and one said screw you. <laughs> and um, that, was, that was probably where you saw it. But um, yeah, no, I love pins are like kind of like metal or an accessory so i was like yeah i'll do pins right <laughs> so that was good but i still have them and i still have them on my jackets but i'm now i'm just doing a lot more jewelry got it um how did the the nike jewelry come into your world oh so um i love jammy plus swoosh that's a strong look yeah don't 
<laughs> so um, Nike is always just like around somehow. They're right. everywhere. Well, and I'm sure you know. And um, I they're love, very around. I'm actually a big Nike person. Right. Like I'm always gym Nike shoes Nike. Like I love what they do. I love their collaborations. And um, so Air Max Day was coming around and that's kind of near my birthday. So I always like remembered that it's coming around. And um, they asked me to, you know, draw like an Air Max. And I was kind of like, wait, but we can do more. So um, um, it went from like a few drawings that were going to be used on things to right. jewelry. And then I did phone cases with them. I We did like everything. So I, I kind of just was like running around for a whole week putting it together because <laughs> everything is always last minute no matter sure. how hard you try oh yeah no matter but, who it is but luckily i have so much experience making jewelry that i i know where exactly where to go in times of crisis and um i drew little um air maxes and that's what you see on my neck but but it, right. you know it was it was just i was like all right if i'm gonna make jewelry for anyone it's gonna be them right and um i i love nike it's like a dream collaborator always and forever right <laughs> and um yeah air max day is just super fun it's like it's always like two days after my birthday or whatever so i i always remember it and i love air maxes but it was cool i i like really love vapor max now so i made a little vapor max oh, did so you we, really yeah it's like it was so weird because we were like specking them out in 3d and i'm like the bubbles look weird but it's cute yeah i'll have to oh, show you that's everything. so funny this is like this is not that no right 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 but um yeah it was it was cool it's just we did like the whole box thing. We sold it in their Air Max Day store. It was like a little pop-up in Brooklyn and it was just a limited run, but it's just sold out and then people still ask for it. And I was like... It's, well, it's yeah. super cool. It was, it was cool. And like the people at Nike are really awesome and nice. They always like, you know, always keep in touch, which is really nice. But, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I love... Lately, I've been really into Vapor Max. Huh. I, I have like four different colors now. And I just, oh, really? Are you into the Vapor Max 2s? Like what what models? Are you? Just the right, the first one, like gotcha. the first colorway. And then I got a purple one because I'm purple's my color. Yep. Then I have like the off-white ones. And then I have, I don't know, I have too many now. I don't know where <laughs> they started coming from. But even though they f like they feel weird, I just they feel like... They feel weird. I know. But I just feel like you get used to them and you're fine. But it's it's like my favorite air max now if i had to pick a new one gotcha but. uh right now well i have four pairs of the og vapor max just in like the release colorways yeah. um that, but then like, i, I like have color yeah yeah and then i have a couple of the new ones with the more hybrid models like i have the the 97 vapor max uh -huh. silver oh, yeah. bullet colorway i don't have a hybrid yet oh really it i I actually like those a little bit more from a fit perspective because they have that um, that layer in between. Yeah. So it, you there is less of the um, that weird shift in your in the bridge of your foot. Yeah. You know what I mean the, in your arch. Yeah. So it, it feels a little more natural to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't you know. know. Like I'm I if I could I would be barefoot. Obviously I would never step outside New York City being barefoot. <laughs> so like I was really always into like the Nike shoes that don't feel there. Like the oh. Flyknit Racer. Yeah. The Max, the Nike Rift, like those are like right. I still wear those shoes, even though like they're the weirdest ones. Totally, I know I love but, a pair of rifts. I have two rifts. So, so. Um, I love feeling like barefoot, and that's why I love those. But even um, me and uh, my boyfriend actually got them. We went to the gym. We're like, all right, is this gonna be okay? And we like tried on the shoes. <laughs> like I thought they were gonna pop, but they're not <laughs> popping. Are <laughs> right, you went to the two seventies? Um, yeah. I mean, they're 
actually my mom stole them from me so I didn't really get to wear them <laughs> but she comes to my apartment and she like loves like she loves all my sneakers because she I guess she doesn't think to buy sneakers oh sure so she's not are like, you both the same size yeah so uh, that's the problem unfortunate so she came over fortunate and like I, I did wear the 270s for like a week and then she took them <laughs> so I don't know do I love them no um probably yeah they're, they're, it's cool I like the colors they did some of them were like hinting towards the older shoes and right, right, not right. so but yeah mom stole them oh no she's, mom she's a big gym person but she doesn't buy her own shoes she just takes them for me gotcha so oh, well, it's fine uh, well you're at least you're a, a nice giving daughter yeah all she has is Nike shoes so <laughs> I always buy her like a pair for Mother's Day or something cause who doesn't like new shoes right so, so okay so growing up though yeah did you and uh, I'm dipping to my childhood a little bit did did your parents get you Nikes too? Because my parents kind of deprived me of Nikes. So so I got real thirsty for them once I actually got my own money. Um, Definitely. We definitely grew up the same time because I was deprived too. <laughs> so I, you know, I guess it was just like, we didn't, we didn't do the see it, buy it now as our generation has. Yeah. Like they're always looking on social media and they're seeing shoes and whatnot. Like we would just go to the mall or like Foot Locker right. and be like, all right, I really want these. And then your parents would be like, no, right. you're not getting Finish them. line at Willowbrook Mall yeah, okay. on the second floor. Oh God. It's still there? Uh, <laughs> Who knows? I, probably. I, but, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you can actually find some really good shoes in New Jersey because I don't know. A lot of sneakerheads in Jersey. More than... Um, I don't know. Sometimes I can't find anything in New York and I have to go to Jersey to find it. Yo, you're but, not lying. But, you're, you're totally right. But, you have to go to Harlem, Brooklyn, yeah. or, you know, somewhere in the cut to really get Forget some stuff. Forget it around where we are right now, but <laughs> right. we're around like Times Square. But yeah, so my parents would just, I mean, we grew up in the age of Michael Jordan. So right. um, my brother would always get Jordans or whatnot. And I would just always just get left with not getting to get what Scraps. I wanted. Yeah. So my brother was like their favorite for a while and um, we're <laughs> twins. So I would get like, he would get a cell phone and then I didn't get a cell phone for like a year. And then I would just get his old cell phone. So my parents were just like, really, they didn't care about material things. So right. they didn't want us to either. But yeah, that really made me buy a lot of sneakers in my older years. Oh my gosh. So, but we always had like cool shoes on or, you know, I always like got Converse because they were cheaper. Right. And I know Nike owns that now. But no, but I, I, I think still love Converse. That's an interesting immigrant mentality mm -hmm. or immigrant mindset of, um, you know, stunting, but not on a budget necessarily, but yeah. stunting with what you have. Yeah, it's and, definitely and, there. You know, really showing out like, you know, uh, without breaking the bank. Yeah, my parents don't break the bank. They just like to go on vacation. <laughs> oh, so do I. Yeah, so that... <laughs> my, I remember when I was buying... I wanted to buy my Louis Vuitton bag and my dad was like, no. He's like... You, and like he was just like, do you really want to buy this bag? And, and then um, he came with me to the store and was like are you sure you want to buy this bag? And I was like, yes, I have the money saved up. This is like my first Louis Vuitton bag. And I was like, I'm buying it today. And, and oh, he, wow. he's like, all right, well, we're going to New Jersey. So it's cheaper, like tax wise. So I was like, all right. Where in New Jersey? <laughs> um, Garden State Plaza. Louis oh, Vuitton. that's a great mall. Yeah. I mean, by I haven't Route been 4, back. Fantastic mall. Yeah. I haven't, been, <laughs> I haven't been back in so long, but that's Shout where out to I, Bergen County. That's where I got my first Louis Vuitton bag. And my dad almost talked me out of it. So, <laughs> What's the swaggiest purchase you think you've ever made? I don't know. Probably it's I don't know. I just feel like lately 
it's you know it's hard not to buy things but i try to spend on trips i try to like spend my money on on going away but um yeah i guess like i like to treat myself to a bag every year and that's always as far as i'll go maybe the swaggiest purchase could be my rent every month <laughs> but um oh do you live in a really uh no i just feel like i live like i i don't know i just sometimes i lately i've just been you know trying not to get into too many materialistic things sure but sure, sure of course sure. like my mom never bought designer stuff like even even when we were growing up she got like a like she slowly started getting into designer stuff after i did so she was just like all right now you have this what am I going to get? And, but like, but like, you know, my parents always, we always, even though they were into jewelry and my dad sold jewelry, it also taught us. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. But like, we never like, we, you know, that was as far as it went. It wasn't like, Oh, we need these. That was a profession. Yeah. And, um, it kind of just taught us like about selling and buying and, you know, how much to spend. So that's what I like really respect about, working in his store working in my dad's store because right. it, it taught me like the value of money right and um yeah do you think you're really frugal actually by nature mm, no. no i like to like i like to spend money but you know i try you know trying to put it into better places now with like invest in yourself yes yes, yes. so lately totally. i've just been like investing into myself my future things i want to do places i want to go yep. rather than like oh i need these new shoes right. or i need this designer thing but that stuff comes and goes but no no i agree <laughs> unless it's like a really cool artist collaboration where right. you need it then okay like treat yourself but <laughs> but um yeah i just i've been into really like investing back into like my business and uh making sure you know we spend money the right places solar so do you think that uh the responsibility that you put into your own business and into your own work like how how do you, how do you think that feeds back into the flow of what you do and like and honestly the people that pay attention to what you what you are doing well, and your and your audience It's just like um I think without my brother it would be like super hard because I'm just like a creative all over the place person at the end of the day but he's been really he's he's so smart at this stuff it's like insane he knows how to like save money and and um you know to hire people and whatnot so he's just he's really good at at the business side of everything including including like how to grow a company so i wish you could talk to him about this but um he's no he's he's literally taught me so much about that kind of stuff and seeing him take over um the jewelry business with me and kind of like homage to my dad right and um what we could do with it it's it's just it's like like I, I don't know I don't even know how he learned all this stuff but he's just really he's really he's really like into growing and um making sure everything gets into the right place but um yeah I, th- I think it's really important that he he taught me how to like invest in myself because totally. before that I was just living in New York until he was also in a band at the time and um once we got together and we like settled down he's you know we we kind of were like all right time to grow up now right and time to put our passions forward and right. and do what we need to do but yeah he's really good at that um so just a couple more questions mm-hmm. as we're winding down yeah one is uh what do you think of the current state of lebron <laughs> of your boy lebron um for okay. the listener lebron is not like my boy but i do love him um i don't know it's just like it, i can't believe it's for, like so many years of the same series I know. final right so it's a little bit and it's a little bit like 
underwhelming. Right. But I do love to see LeBron win. I love to see uh, J.R. Smith be happy. Yo, J.R. Uh, Smith <laughs> is the truth. Yeah, so... Um, also, he's from New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. He went to St. Benedict's oh, in I did Newark. Not know that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love... I love Former that. Cavs guy, Kyrie and, Irving from West Orange. I know. And um, J.R. Smith was a Nick. Right. So... It was good. To, it's good to see him shine. It's good. To, I I just like I love the Cavs. I think they're a great team. I love that. I love that they keep that like kind of team mentality right. together For as now. much as they can. But um, yeah, the Warriors to me, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be a hater because you know you could be a Warriors fan, but they're kind of like that team um you make when you play a video game, and that's like that's just like what I feel about them. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't know where how the NBA got to this point, but. I just, you know, I just feel like they're not like a realistic team to me right now. Right, right, right. But, you know, things change. People get traded. And yeah, LeBron's going to beat them. But <laughs> Oh, you think no, so? Really? I don't know. Very optimistic. <laughs> but, I mean, this is going to come out way after after I we know, know what the results oh are. Oh, God, so this is going to be scary. <laughs> I hope LeBron beats them because I don't know. He's just a good guy. I feel like he's I feel like he's just about basketball. Yes. And a lot of people aren't. So. A lot of people get distracted and I feel like his message is clear. Yes. And um he's a great player. He's powerful. No, he's, I agree with that. Yeah, he's good at he's good at moving the team. And the, I feel like, you know, it's a good team. Good teamwork. He, uh on court anyway, he's very comes across as unselfish yeah. to me and he facilitates, he distributes, which I like. Yeah. So I agree. <laughs> um, I actually haven't been watching um, basketball until like the finals in the recent years. So oh, I, really? I kind of like, I watch a few games here and there, but um, I've, I always get really caught up at the end. Right. Which yeah, I'm sure too. that happens now, but I'm a, I'm a big Yankees all year, all season. Person. Got it. So I get distracted with Yankee games and then I'll go back into basketball. But um, yeah. And I'm also a Jets fan. I'm sorry to the Giants. I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> Which is weird because it's like Jets, Yankees. You're usually like Giants, Yankees. But right. um, I don't know. I just love. I, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the math. It's, then it's like Jets, Mets, but I'm not a Mets fan. Right. But right. it's just it's weird how New York has so many teams to pick from. I know. It's 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 kind of a, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. What, how many crappy teams we have to pick from out here. But um, the Yankees are the best team that we have. Oh, the Yankee, Yankees aren't crappy. <laughs> They're, I mean, we had a, we had a slump. I know nothing about baseball, so. Oh my God. I know. It's, it's shameful, actually. You should go to a Yankee game. I should. And I want to. I, I, I've gone to a, a Yankee game and I've enjoyed myself. Oh, all right. I've seen the new stadium and I've enjoyed myself there. Okay. I've had sushi there. Actually, me too, which I get um, hate like hate on for because you're supposed to have a hot dog and beer. I mean, but when you sure. I I've sat in um, like the legend seats where they you can just order anything you want. Oh, and the sushi is good. <laughs> a, <laughs> so why not? Why approval not for Yankee Stadium sushi. <laughs> exactly. There you go. The cosign. Yeah, but um, yeah, I love baseball. I love the Yankees. I love Derek Jeter. He was my first crush. So. That's that's where that started. Got it. I mean, yeah, there was like the era of Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, like right. that. So I was a big Derek Jeter fan. It was right. really sad to see him go, but you still see his jersey everywhere. He's Hell not, of a career. He's still here, but um, he's yeah. still here with us. He is. He I, I literally everyone still wears his jersey. Right. He's all over the stadium. Like he the has, dude was on an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he, he's just you know he's. He's beyond. He's like the he's the perfect Yankee. Yeah. You, will you oh. say? Actually, you know what? That's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> Him and like I don't know, uh, 
I was gonna say Mickey Mantle. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, I was a, I love the Yankees catcher, so I used to love Jorge Posada, and now I love Gary Sanchez. So he's he, I don't know why his thing is this, but he's like released the Kraken. That's what that's what they call him. Posada. No, uh, Gary Sanchez. He's Gary Sanchez. But yeah. um, I was a big Jorge Posada fan. But I know you don't like baseball that much but i know you're saying a lot of words to me right now yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to keep up and i'm trying to but decode it's, it's crazy because it's like they play the most games a year out of any sport so that's, that's why i get really distracted that's with true. baseball i know people think it's boring but it's not i don't think it's boring i i it's it's not as intense of a two-hour experience yeah, as I, I know. like. I like to have. Uh, I don't know if I would like to play baseball. Sure, because I never. I only played softball, but um, basketball was way more, you know, thrilling. Back right, in the right, day. right. But I don't know. I just you know, there's something really New York about going to a Yankee game and just getting really involved. But right. I always go to Red Sox Yankee games. So oh well, those are I you get know, really. Um, I see a fist fight. I try not to. Yeah, my uh, my boyfriend's a big Yankee fan, so we go. And, well, then there you go. And hopefully nothing bad happens there. <laughs> Did you get those MoMA Yankee collab oh, yeah. hats? I, oh, I'm, I thought I had it with me. I have like four of them. <laughs> and um, it's the perfect hat for me because I, I kind of live near the MoMA. So I feel like it's like they made that hat for me. <laughs> but um, I went there and I, I have like a bunch of them now. I wear them every day. That's amazing. Except for today. I did my hair today. But, or kind of, but I, I do wear them a lot to the gym and I wear them around, but that was so weird, but it was really cool. Did you go to that MoMA exhibit? I, di I did go to uh, the exhibit and I didn't get the hat because there were a lot of people crowd crowded oh, around no. like you have that to get area. advanced access. Yeah. And I couldn't deal with it. No, that? Um, I just do the, mo like do MoMA membership and you get like advanced access to everything. Gotcha. And they're like, all right. And there's no one there. So it's oh. good. See, I fucked up. I don't go to the MoMA as often as I should. I only go really like twice a year ever. That's that's what it, I mean. That's like me and other museums though. Right. But that one's just really close. So I go to it. But nice. I love the MoMA. One other question is uh, out of, uh, because you have like such a great portfolio of accessories and, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, jewelry and pins and things like that. I would love to know what you think are a couple of, uh, Kelly Shami must-haves. Oh God! If you were to partake of your portfolio, let's say three items. Three items that I make. Yes. With, um, yeah. That that come from from you and your brand. Okay. Or that you have touched within that space. Got it. Okay. That uh, you know, if you were to say like here, here, here is my energy. Right. Uh, so I'm giving you my energy. Actually, I love like um, I love what we're doing now with nameplates because nameplates are a thing you get on like your fifteenth birthday, and it, you know, like back in the day when I got my nameplate. But now I kind of put together with specific type that we make. I put together every nameplate myself that wow. beast that's sent out to production. So some of them have like a lightning bolt or things that I like that you wouldn't see in normal jewelry. So if you want something that's personal, that's also personal for me, but also to you, um, we do make all our nameplates and I design them all. So wow. you, like the other day I was like, all right, I want a script nameplate, but I also want like a little butterfly. And that's, you know, that was just what I was feeling. And then, <laughs> but, um, I do design all our nameplates. I make sure the type is perfect. And, um, we have a good production team and he makes sure that it looks right. But a nameplate for sure. Um, definitely my book that's going to come out in September because <laughs> it's literally, it has so much going on in it. Right. Like the patterns, the illustrations. And it's like my first book. So, you know, if you want to feel that. 
Right, you, right, right. Um, I think it's on Amazon and I'm sure everyone pre-ordered it. All my friends keep talking about it. But um, yeah, I'm excited to do more books. So that's a cool Launch one. cocktail party. Yes, launch I'm cocktail saying. party. Bring your favorite drinks. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like I wish I could do a Yankee hat and give it to everybody. But that would be my other favorite thing to give someone. But I don't have that yet. So new era, please contact me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I we, we can tag them on this one. We post on Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, but um, yeah. So definitely anything from my jewelry because all my jewelry is definitely from me, and Got I it. and I do design all of it, and I do care about all of it. But my art right now is not for sale. But I'm sure you could buy it through whatever collaborations I do. <laughs> but for now, it's not for sale unless you want to commission me. <laughs> cool. Words to live by for yeah. sure. Uh, where can our listeners find you? Um, so everything about everything I do is on my website, which is my name, kellyshammy.com. And then my jewelry is on shammyofficial.com. Yeah. On Shammy Official. I know. Shammy.com was taken. Is it really? I, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, what is there? What could I there? actually forgot what, what what is there, but you know how some people just buy domains and, right. and you never see what happens with them. But yeah, maybe one day we'll get Shammy.com. One day. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Come on, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so always get buy always buy your URL name to your name. That's true. Actually, that's probably something that parents will start doing for their kids. Yeah, very, for very sure. Soon. I mean, I think it's even more important than an Instagram handle sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people get their Instagram handle for their kids, but it's just so sad when no one has their, you don't have your own URL. And, you know, someone can put up some crazy shit about you. Right. But it's so sad when you don't have your own <laughs> URL. What's the other one? <laughs> like Leopard. Uh, leopard is a base. Yeah. Leopard. Um, leopard. No, uh, leopard print is a base. Yeah, it's it's right? a neutral. It's just, yes, leopard is a neutral, <laughs> and it's so sad when you don't have your own URL. Yeah, it's definitely true. I agree. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much. No problem. It was great to be here. Great yep. to meet you. Likewise. Well, that was a really fun conversation, and I think we covered a wide range of topics there. Basically, everything from fashion to jewelry to LeBron to the mall can't really get much more diverse than that. So thanks to Kelly Shammy, our guest. And I want to give it up to Desjin, our sponsor, Ben Sounds on Music. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you want to follow me on social media, it's rich underscore TU on Instagram, Twitter, and all those other places. Thanks for listening to First Generation Burden. Come back next week. We have another fun one for you. I'm Rich too. Bye.